trust your voice know that your voice is the only thing that makes you stand out in this industry because there's so many of us writers so know your voice and your style and your genre and be true to it even, even if it doesn't seem like it's what the industry is looking for the industry doesn't know what it wants until it sees it so, so stay true to that and then also like it's okay to not love the process of writing that doesn't make you any less of a writer yeah. so it's okay if it's, it's literally a headache yeah as long as the finished product is why you do it then it's fine and just know that know that there's an audience for anything that you write our whole mission was to create some type of change even on a small level with our series in hiring women for our crew but also just showing you know a female driven narrative that shows real women you know? watch it you'll take what you need from it and so I don't ever want to plant something in somebody's mind that this is what I want you to take from it because people watch it who have relationship issues who will take something out of the multiple dysfunctional relationships on the show or they'll have career issues and they'll take something from either the struggling characters on the show or the successful characters on the show but I definitely want people just to overall see that whenever something is going good in one aspect of your life it's totally normal for something to be completely crumbling on the other side of your life because it's very hard to find that equilibrium between all the different parts of your life so it it's natural that things are not going to be going well in every aspect of your life at the same time. I think that's the kind of the main undertone of season one is that the characters who are doing well professionally are struggling personally and vice versa. And that's kind of your 20s. There's really no way around it. So, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and you know me as the host and producer of this show and i'm broadcasting here live on the mixler app from the entertainment capital of the world sunny los angeles california the sun has set and my god that beautiful moonlight is now upon us thanks so much for joining us on this broadcast here tonight i want to remind everyone listening that you can listen to all the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast and itunes you can also find us on stitcher TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link that is on our website. Please make sure you have some skin in the game, though, prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, you certainly need to have a few credits under your belt. We value that for credibility, and my gosh, we've got to have something to talk about. I also want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates, and also to find out when we go live. I want to remind everyone listening, this is an information discussion-based podcast. We do not censor ourselves, and we sure the hell do not censor our guests. So please keep in mind that there might be views and opinions expressed on this podcast that may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. Now, we've got two fantastic guests here this evening by the name of Maya Hollis and Sarah Hawkins, and let me just tell you a little bit about these two. We'll start with Maya. Maya Hollis. She's the creator and the executive producer of Or Die Trying. She's also the voice behind HollyBaker.com, a lifestyle site focused on finding the balance between life and art. Oh, quite fascinating. Hollis is currently developing a feature and a TV pilot and works with Film Independent, one of my favorite places to produce the L.A. Film Festival and Spirit Awards. Oh, my. 
Now, Sarah Hawkins is the executive producer of Or Die Trying. Hawkins is also a producer of the female-driven production company Busted Buggy <laughs> Entertainment. That's quite a name. And she works for the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. She's currently producing the fantasy comedy Filling In, as well as developing a docuseries. Now, Hawkins is an active member in women and film circles. Nice. Managing the inaugural year of Moon Phase Feminist Film Festival in 2015 and is slated to speak at this year's Digital Hollywood The Woman's Summit. Let me not delay this any longer. Let me bring these ladies on the show. How's it going tonight, ladies? Hi, it's going Hi. good. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you all have such fantastic bios there and God, we get, <laughs> we get like, you know, two for one here. This is quite fantastic so i appreciate you you know hanging out with me tonight and our listeners oh thanks for having us yeah it's just awesome absolutely now we're gonna dive right in here ladies we've got some stuff to talk about you're both doing some wonderful things but i really want to give our listeners some context would you mind kind of sharing where you were born and raised and how you both got started in the entertainment industry and we'll start with maya and finish up with sarah on that yeah, so I'm from Philly. I was born in Pennsylvania, raised between Philly and Delaware. Oh my. And I went to Temple. Yeah, I went to Temple University a few years ago and I came out to LA during a like study abroad. I was like the student who chose to come to Los Angeles instead of going to like Spain or, you know, somewhere actually abroad. Nice. But I came here and I interned for Hollywood Studios International for five months. Wow. And then I went back to Philly and graduated and moved out here full time. Oh, my. Very cool. Yeah. How about you, sir? <laughs> yeah, I... I was born in San Jose, California. My family moved to Pennsylvania when I was really little. I uh, met Maya in Philly, uh, where I went to school. I, I went to Messiah College, uh, and they had a kind of like a study way program. Came out to LA kind of just to check it out. I knew it was either going to be LA or New York, and made the leap to Los Angeles. And yeah, I originally came out here for acting, but really started to fall in love with producing, and I kind of coordinating things and uh, building opportunities that way. Oh, fantastic. So you both were really film enthusiasts prior to coming out here though, right? Not for me, not prior to my internship. I was actually looking into becoming a novelist and writing really? books. Huh. Yeah. So that was initially how I got into writing. My mom writes books. And so I thought I would go that route. And it wasn't until I was a communications major. So at the time at my school, that kind of meant like build your own degree. <laughs> Since then, it's gotten a little bit more strict. But when I was there, I could kind of dabble in whatever I wanted. So I took some film classes. I took some acting classes just to have that foundation for writing just in general. But it wasn't until I came out here and did the internship that I really, it was like a crash course in scripts and screenwriting and all of that because I worked for literary agents. So it was, it kind of threw me in the deep end with the industry in that way. And what about you, Sarah? Yeah, similar. similarly, I, I wasn't necessarily a, a film person. I had studied broadcasting and the dream was kind of a waste of mill, like fashion and media and then started to get more involved in the Philadelphia community of like the arts and stuff. I started out with modeling and then, you know, promo work and kind of uh, started to dabble in like the, the promo kind of films and uh, like short narrative kind of films that 
don't necessarily have any dialogue, but using visuals to tell a story. My dad is, was an actor when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was kind of rejected that I would become an actor. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> long told, I got the bug. And so moving out here uh, to pursue acting, I feel like it wasn't really till I was here that I really started to get involved and pursue it full force. And uh, my dad kind of had a similar renaissance of pursuing acting again. Uh, so we kind of had this cool father-daughter journey uh, when I first came out here. And now we're working on projects together. So him more so in directing and me with producing. So oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's been cool. That's fantastic. <laughs> wow. My goodness, ladies. This is uh, quite um, exciting stuff, to say the least. By the way, how do you all like LA now that you're here and doing your thing do you find that it's just a great city for it this is home yeah I yeah, feel like for sure <laughs> uh, there's just something very infectious about a city that kind of uh, is for artists and even if you aren't necessarily in an artistic field everyone feels like they're here with purpose and I think that that kind of energy is just really infectious right that's so true folks if you do have a question for either one of these two feel free to drop that in the chat and shout out to the folks that are listening live out there i want to dive right into this wonderful series of yours or die trying i want to give our listeners just a little bit of context it's a drama web series about four ambitious women attempting to achieve their own definition of success while dealing with the struggles of being a millennial in hollywood so let's hmm, let's tap into this a little bit here because i really like what you all are doing with this and i gotta first ask how did you get this cool project off the ground obviously Maya, you're the creator of the series and i think you also you play reagan thomas which is funny because i have a cousin by that name but uh (laughs) but uh um, but also you know special congratulations for just getting that off the ground because i think writing something and seeing it come to life is quite fantastic and sarah you play uh ellie Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ellie uh, Hansen, and uh, you're also the executive producer, uh, which is quite fantastic. I want to know again, how did you two connect to really get this off the ground? Obviously, you said you met back back east. How did you get this thing kind of going? Sarah, do you want to take that one? I feel like I always answer this question. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so working working at the academy, there's obviously a lot of industry people that kind of flock to work there. And that's how I first met Jenny Austin, who plays Amelia uh, in this series. And we were really wanting to do something just for our reels. And at the same time, Maya and I had been developing this, this short film. It'd be kind of like a split screen thing of a writer and an actor and kind of the highs and lows that you experience in one day. Oh, yeah. um, we liked the kind of the contrast that this is a beautiful city with you know lots of hopes and dreams and opportunity but there is the reality of the day-to-day struggle of just being able to make ends meet and then of course you know all the industry isms that you face when you are trying to achieve those dreams when you can have you know a really exciting moment what in the same day as you have something that is you know hard and difficult to face so true and so yeah, we just we kind of like that how beautiful that is that that contrast. And so 
I uh, connected Maya and Jenny and we started to work on developing a web series initially just to kind of get something out there. And as we started getting more into development, this fourth character kind of uh, came out of the woodwork and Chelsea London Lloyd, who had worked at the Academy at this time as well, is very much a a comedic actress and uh, it felt like she was kind of the perfect person to, to play Bailey. And so... Right. Yeah. And Jenny, um, so Jenny Austin, by the way. Oh, yes. Jenny. So Jenny plays Amelia and Chelsea yeah. plays uh, Bailey. Right. And yeah, from there, uh, we shot a uh, concept trailer uh, just to kind of set the tone of what it would be once we got the proper funding, because we're all 20 uh, somethings here in LA and, you know, <laughs> trying to pay rent and stuff. And so we wanted to give the series the quality that we felt like it deserved. And knowing our budget or lack thereof, uh, we decided to invest into a trailer to use that as kind of a pitch for crowdfunding. Wow. And so, right. yeah. Yeah, you all did the crowdfunding thing too, right? <laughs> we did, yeah. We raised funds on a company called Seed and Spark. Oh, yeah. I had the owner on this podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. She's fantastic. She is. We loved the collaborative aspect of it. And a lot of really cool people from the industry came out of the woodwork to support us that way. Wow. It wasn't necessarily about raising money. It was about creating this really cool project. And so people would donate a location or gear or what have you. And it wasn't necessarily like, you know, help us. We need money. It was like, hey, we're doing this cool thing. Like, come out and support us. Nice. And be a part of something. So, yeah. So that's how we kind of raised the funding for it. And yeah. Interesting. We'll come back to that in a second because I'm cool. curious about that. By the way, my with the writing, how long did that take? Did you write everything in advance? Did you already have the series written out or did you kind of take it episode by episode? No, I wrote it in advance. Initially, I had five episodes written when we shot the concept trailer two years ago. Wow. And yeah, and then we... We released the concept trailer and it got to the new year. I think it was January 2016 that I had like this mini (laughs) meltdown. And I was like, Sarah, (laughs) I told her that it's not, it it was great, but it was very light. It was very situational. So each episode kind of focused on like a different scenario that the girls would kind of like figure out. And it, it didn't have like, it wasn't like woven together the way it is now. It was very individual episodes. And so I I spoke to her and I was like, I don't think that this is really my voice. It's kind of what I think a web series should be as opposed to what I would want to make a web series. Ah. And so I threw out all five scripts. (laughs) (laughs) You totally rebooted it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I rewrote the pilot episode in about 20 minutes and I said to Sarah, it was very manic. (laughs) I sent it to Sarah and we kind of like freaked out and I was like, this is it. And then each episode episode after that took a little bit longer to do just because then I was faced with the the fact that now I wanted like a woven like season and that's what I had to create I had to <laughs> piece everything <laughs> together and make sure I was leaving like breadcrumbs throughout and tying mm-hmm. everything together at the end so it became less of writing these individual episodes and more of writing the season as a whole and so that's what I did I wrote the full season together and then all the scripts were done by the time we went to shoot and everything because we shot it all in five days so we didn't wow. have much time to that play wow I was gonna ask <laughs> yeah. you that and my goodness five days are you kidding me by the way now you know you've had your first full season it's eight episodes I believe each episode's about seven or eight minutes long mm-hmm. 
Camilla Martin directed? Yeah, yes. Camilla Martin. Camilla Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, uh, she did a good job. She did a really good job. How did you connect with her? So with being out here in LA, I feel like Maya and I have gotten very uh, thrifty with getting involved in networking and stuff like that. And we've just joined like a million different like women in film Facebook groups. Nice. And knowing that we were wanting a female director to help tell the story, I just kind of went on a spree one day and was like, hey, like I'm really looking for a director for the series who's passionate about, you know, changing, changing the narrative on women in film. And so we got a ton of submissions. We met a couple of people had lots of phone calls and we we met Cammy and just really fell in love with her and so and I feel like Maya and Cammy really click on a, a great level nice and so uh, that's hard to beat and she also came from like this this documentary uh, background uh, so narrative was uh, new for her but it was her documentary past has really given this like great like slice of life feel to everything that she touches and that's really what we wanted we wanted something that was truthful and authentic authentic to our experience and we knew that she could bring that to the table oh wow that's fantastic that's really really cool how that kind of works out (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) how these collaborations work doesn't it it's just amazing yeah yeah. (laughs) the casting process again i want to kind of go back to that i know you'd mentioned it what was that like obviously you had some very very talented individuals there as part of your uh, cast what was the whole process like did you have people in mind would you have like a big casting call no we didn't really have anybody in mind it was a luxury to be able to write the scripts knowing who would play the leads but we didn't have an idea of i knew what i wanted in my head for the other roles but we didn't know who would come in to fill those and so most of our casting actually all but one character we cast based on submitted materials so we just we did like you know a casting call on facebook and on this woman in film email chain that we're on and just everywhere we just posted it everywhere and we got a ton like an overwhelming amount of submissions and we just weeded through all of them and casted everybody literally just based on their reels right and then for the Miles Clark character, that was the only one that we had an actual audition for. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Was everybody kind of tuned in and locked in once you you know got them on board? Yeah, it was just a matter of juggling schedules, which our producer Jessica and of course Sarah were brilliant because I don't have the mind for that necessarily. I'm just like, I always <laughs> want to play with the creative. I don't know the logistics. So they're like killer in coordinating the scheduling and everything. But everybody was on board. We had a, a table read where everybody met each other, but it was very much in and out. Like a lot of us didn't know each other before we shot. And then we were shooting so quickly that it was it was a win for sure wow fun times right there you had a number of different locations in this that i thought were just spectacular what was that process like was it difficult to obtain all those wonderful locations yeah i mean i feel like that was probably one of the hardest parts was just knowing how much we were trying to cram into five days and then of course not having the proper funding that we would have liked to have had that's always difficult but we reached out to a ton of different groups and one of those like women in film facebook groups we connected with a bar in echo park and we hosted like a networking party there as like a thank you for our crowdfunding uh supporters and so they, they were able to let us shoot there 
there. Jessica Toscana let us use her house. And so that was a nice. really big godsend. Yeah. So uh, just, I feel like a lot of great people kind of came out the woodwork to offer what they could. The locations was definitely the the biggest one that I can think of offhand. That was definitely the, the biggest challenge, I feel like, as far as scheduling and, and lack of money. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass out here. <laughs> it just is. It's such a pain. So it's, uh, I, I feel your pain on that, but you all made it work and it made it work really, really well. And I think it's kind of important in something like this to have a few locations, something to look at differently because there's yeah. pretty big cast. You got a lot of sort of sub stories going on there. Just really well done. Uh, to I, say I definitely have, have to give a little shout out to our amazing um, art director. And mm, yeah. oh, my goodness. oh my yeah. goodness. Oh my goodness. That was fantastic. <laughs> the art design was great. They, they were just able to make every room in Jessica's house feel like a different place. And so, yeah, just it's like insane. We (laughs) shot the majority of the scenes took place in Jessica's house. And then we, they converted our friend's apartment into the cafe. Ah. And we used the Whisperer (laughs) restaurant for like two different, two, actually three different locations. So, and then we also were able to use one of Jessica's neighbor's house, but we even used the same bedroom as two different bedrooms because the art design was that good. So wow. definitely they, they were amazing. But yeah. Alexandra, Hannah, and uh, Mansour? Yes. Yeah. Olsen, Olsen Mansour? Ol- Olsen Mansour. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Alejandra uh, Velasco. Okay. Uh, was our Alejandra. Okay. Yes. Fantastic job. Everybody yes. did. Wow. Very, very, very good job. By the way, with the locations being what they were, did you have to tweak the screenplays? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> with that, so the our director, Cammy, and of course, Sarah and Jess as well, everybody said, you know, write your dream scenes and scripts, Maya, and we'll figure it out. And they <laughs> certainly did. But there was definitely a lot of like the week before rewrites, like oh a ton of rewrites, like leading up to the last minute um, of trying to, you know, just based on our budget and based on, you know, we had one idea in our head, but based on the reality of the locations we had, it came down to very, very like last minute major script changes. But wow. everybody was so flexible. You know, our, our cast was, they were totally down with the fact that they would get new sides literally the night before. So everybody was on board for it. Oh, that's so, so cool. My gosh. Now, demographic for this, because I think all these web series and shows and even movies to some degree have a certain demographic. To a degree, who would you say this is targeted and more would appeal more to? I feel like definitely like the the creative millennial, um, whether that be here in LA or New York or any any place where you know you're pursuing a, a creative field. So I, I feel like definitely women. You know, uh, our whole mission was to create some type of change, even on a small level with our series in hiring women for our crew, but also just showing, you know, a female driven narrative that shows real women, you know? Um, And so when you say real woman, what do you mean by that? Because I hear people say that and I want to know exactly what you mean by that. I wish that there was another word and Maya, feel free to help (laughs) jump in. I would imagine you meant like authentic authentic of, of women that aren't cliche. Exactly. Yeah. You know, aren't afraid to speak up for themselves, you know, do have flaws and, you know, aren't, you know, 
put together and perfect because something that Maya and I really love is the fact that truthful doesn't necessarily mean pretty. And I feel like showing that truth is beautiful. And so Absolutely. our premiere, um, we we had a moderator, Lisa Bolakaja, who has a podcast with um, Hilliard Guest. Oh, yeah, and Hilliard, she, wow. yeah. yeah, it's, oh, it's a small world. Indeed. <laughs> and it, I think that was kind of her, her big takeaway was like, these women aren't afraid to like tell it how it is. Right. And <laughs> I feel like Maya just made these characters that were very authentic to who, who we are and, and who, you know, people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis, you know, women that we know and we work with and are in the industry. And so definitely millennial women film would probably be like the super niche audience, but I feel like anyone who like is pursuing something in creative and is trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's really, really well done this is a question Thank for you absolutely and i've got something for both of you here and I'm kind of wondering what's the most enjoyable part of this process been like for the both of you and what am i you can start start with that one i'm kind of curious hmm the most enjoyable part mm, i'm not i'm not the type of writer that will ever claim that writing is my favorite part of any of this because i like the finished <laughs> product but writing oh, yes. is it's a headache. Um, so I think, <laughs> yeah. And then the acting side for me was like brand new my first time in front of the camera. So what? I would probably enjoy that more. Yeah. I'll probably enjoy that more the second time around because the first time around it was a little intimidating. Really? So I, could, I, I can't, uh, what? You were, t- <laughs> that's, you did great. <laughs> oh, Crazy. thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I think that my favorite part of the process was probably just sitting behind the monitor. Like when I was wrapped or when I wasn't shooting, it was probably just sitting behind the monitor and watching everything. And whenever I had notes, I promised our director that I wouldn't co-direct. <laughs> I told her that I would let her do her job and nice. we were very in sync. So it was very easy. But on those, since we were also shooting so quickly, it would come down to, you know, we only have two takes per setup for this scene, you know, so nail it in one of these two times. So there wasn't a lot of time for adjustments or to redo things. So when I did have a note, I would just pop out from behind the monitor and kind of look at her and we would kind of have this like psychic connection of note (laughs) passing. Nice. And so that was probably my favorite part of it was that connection between me and her and kind of just sitting back and being able just to watch everything play out. That's awesome. Because, you know, TV is really... And web series for that matter really the writer's you know, platform there to a degree for sure so it's cool that uh, you all had that rapport now how about yourself there sarah <laughs> i love hiring <laughs> i love i i, I love being able to Sorry, being able to, <laughs> I, I love being able to give people opportunities and oh, i feel nice. like we were very at least uh, we were very strategic and and who who was a part of our crew you know not just by talent because i feel like there's so much talent here, but people that were just really dedicated to the project and wanted to make a change. So it was really like personality. I, f- I feel like it was like a little bit of like matchmaking to see how different p- chemistries, you know, come together. And then seeing that take place and seeing how well like our crew got along with each other, you know, being picky with, you know, uh, from the get go of being able to you know, pick out really great, like talented people to be a part of this crew, I feel like, and seeing how that played out and how our crew like hangs out with each other now. And, you know, it's just cool. It's cool. Oh, it's yes. like you're, um, that's what it's all about. Know, like, bring people together. And so, absolutely. 
I think that is definitely like a huge one. But and also like I feel like when we got to the music stage uh, in post production. Oh my god! Fantastic music, by the way. Oh my god! Thank you. Great (laughs) choice of music throughout. Uh, Love it. it. Fantastic artists. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we we kind of put a call out to like all of our friends who were musicians or artists at bands and, you know, kind of did like an open call for submissions. Wow. But seeing the music against the final product and then of course mixed later by like our awesome uh, sound girl, uh, Yuting, seeing it all kind of come together was just really cool. So uh, those probably be like the two two big moments, I think. Oh, fantastic. And I got another one for you is what's most challenging? Uh, Oh, am I, should I go first? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, the most challenging part was probably, I know Sarah has like a ton of challenging parts and I was lucky enough to have her and Jessica who handled that headache because they knew that I just didn't even know what they were talking about half the time. But the most challenging part for me was probably just learning how to run everything and not have to just be responsible for the writing and for the words, but Mm -hmm. also to be kind of have to oversee all creative, you know, and me and Sarah were definitely partners with that, with making sure that everything came together, but it was hard to try to focus on acting and then to also be trying to look at, you know, art, art, the art department and see what they're doing and look at Cammy and see what's going on with the prep for the next scene. And, you know, connect with our scripty and make sure that everything is good with lines and everything. So it was a lot of, I didn't know how to turn it off. (laughs) We Uh didn't have the luxury of time in between (laughs) setup. So it was literally, you know, we shoot a scene and then we run and do like a quick makeup and wardrobe change. Then we come back and we shoot something completely opposite. One of the days, I think it was the Saturday that we shot, we named it Ray day because (laughs) we shot, 12 scenes in 12 hours and I was in 11 of them. So we shot, (laughs) yeah, we shot my character's entire romantic storyline that day. So I got to ask, I'm going to interrupt you here. Was that something that happened in the reflective of the the love life? That was some, (laughs) that was some tough. Do you mean, do you mean, is that representative of my my actual non-existent love life? No. (laughs) Okay. Because there was some interesting dynamics there. Uh, No. I know, they have Um, chemistry. My ex would probably disagree, but I don't think that it's, you know, (laughs) but no, it was, I, that the day that we shot all those scenes was maybe my third time in ever meeting Mitch. And it was my own, Mitch is the actor who plays Miles. And it was also our first times ever like having conversations with each other. Cause the only other times I've seen him was at the table read and also at the audition. So it was like, all right, nice to meet you. Now go have really, a really like, you know, dramatic relationship for 12 hours. <laughs> so that, that was probably the most challenging thing for me was not having the luxury of being able to really separate all the jobs that you have to do on set. And oh, I feel yeah. like when you, when you do have more of a longer production schedule and you do have those, those, you know, breaks in between set shooting and things like that, when you have more time to kind of stretch things out a little bit, Absolutely. you do get kind of more time to go and like be able to turn off the different switches in your brain and kind of do what you need to do. But when you're shooting everything so close together, you kind of have everything in your brain firing at once. Right. And 
it kind of it always makes you look back and think you know could i have been more focused on you know x y and z could that have been executed differently but i'm also a crazy perfectionist so oh, yes. i think that regardless I, I would be that way <laughs> nice nice that's a good place to be yeah, yeah how about you yeah Sarah? yeah i mean i think being able to separate the two like actor brain and producer brain on set is always like difficult uh, especially like day one the very very first scene that we were shooting was one of my scenes and not being able feeling like there were a million things that like I should be doing and not like and acting was not one of them <laughs> it was hard hard to be able to like relinquish that control so it right. was it was good in the way that like was able to nip that right in the bud with the very very first thing off the top but yeah I think being able to turn off producer brain while you're acting and turn on actor brain while you are acting ah. uh, so yeah I feel like that's definitely a, a challenge with having multiple roles on set that way wow fantastic now does this have a message does the show have a message yeah, yeah. Or particularly season one. I don't think so. I mean, of course, the the way I always approach things like this is that I always, I don't want to, I'm like kind of a psych nerd. Like <laughs> I, I almost earn like a minor in psych for no reason, like right, just right. Be, out of just taking a thousand psych classes. So <laughs> I kind of approach writing as like an exploration into like the human behavior and like the mind and things like that. So with a takeaway or a message, I kind of think that when you watch it, you'll take what you need from it. And so I don't ever want to plant something in somebody's mind that this is what I want you to take from it. Because people watch it who have relationship issues who will take something out of the multiple dysfunctional relationships on the show. Or yeah. they'll have career issues and they'll take something from either the struggling characters on the show or the successful characters on the show. But right. I definitely want people just to overall see that whenever something is going good in one aspect of your life, it's totally normal for something to be completely crumbling on the other side of your life because it's very hard to find that equilibrium between all the different parts of your life so it it's natural that things are not going to be going well in every aspect of your life at the same time i think that's the kind of the main undertone of season one is that the characters who are doing well professionally are struggling personally and vice versa and that's kind of your 20s there's really no way around it so oh, yeah for sure <laughs> very cool by the way uh, a listener named maria wants to know if there's a season two in the works yes and when i can't tell you when because i don't know when that depends on a lot of <laughs> that depends yeah. on a lot of producery things that we haven't figured out yet but yeah. i told sarah when we had our premiere last month that i was going to give myself our birthday month me and sarah both had birthdays like a week ago oh, happy, happy belated birthdays there <laughs> thank you yeah. so i i promised myself i would give july off and it's been very hard because i'm literally scribbling dialogue on napkins oh yeah trying not to write that. scripts right yeah, yeah so do the same thing <laughs> come <laughs> august i'll i'll be writing season two but as far as when production will happen that depends on like finances and other factors that you know we haven't quite sorted through yet fantastic a lot of those fun producer things going on there. yeah okay okay <laughs> let's talk goals here ladies what would you like to see happen with this uh, we'd love to be able to to do season two and so that was kind of the focus of doing season one was to be able to get eyeballs on the series and get interest and so the more that our fans can help 
share uh, season one, the quicker we'll be able to get interest and possibly funding or partners on season two. So that's kind of kind of the immediate right now. And Maya and I also want to start a company soon. So the sky's the limit. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maya, do you want to Anything add to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of piggybacking off of what Sarah said, it's really we we have our long term like bucket list goals for what we would want this show to be, but it's more useful to focus on, okay, we finished season one. How do we do season two? Right. And so that's our main priority because that has been, especially with the way that season one left off, that has been something that oh, yes. I'm asked like three <laughs> times a week. <laughs> I, I still have family members who have taken teams or taken sides <laughs> on like <laughs> teams based on the show right. or who asked me about the cliffhanger and what happens so you know i i do want to be able to answer those questions but it's really about first of all me writing the scripts and then us figuring out the soonest we can do it but also maintaining the quality that we've established in season one we don't want to downslide we want to make sure that it gets quality wise even better than what it is now which is you know in my opinion pretty pretty good pretty good yeah Yeah. how can folks watch or die trying so the series is available on our website odtseries.com and you can do slash episodes and all the episodes are right there it's hosted on youtube so if you're a youtube person you can look look for us at youtube.com slash or die trying and there's the playlist of season one that you can click and then Maya and I also created these episodes called inside the episodes and it kind of goes into you know some of the characters and some of the things that happen on set basically the creating of each of those episodes so and again all that content's also hosted on our website odtseries.com wow very very cool stuff to say the least by the way where did the title come from oh okay so the title it came from a brainstorming session with me sarah and jenny when we first met up to figure out what we what we were going to do we kind of came up with the general premise of the show which was essentially just the four of us in an alternate reality in la basically (laughs) (laughs) but we were trying to figure out what to name it and we came up with so many bad names Ah. just like names that have been taken or names that just weren't great and we were kind of stumped and i was like well what about or die trying and then they're like huh and i'm like like dot 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 or die trying like something or die trying and after letting our sleepy brains process what i was saying because i didn't even 100 percent know what i was saying we all realized that it was great yeah it's a fantastic <laughs> so, name Yeah, we did down the line, we did consider changing it, but we just came back to it because there was nothing better. It was, it was was what it needed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Really cool. By the way, folks, thanks for uh, tuning in that are out there listening to this live. Now we are approaching sort of the end of the program here. And I like to kind of ask our guests to give a little bit of advice for those that might be listening and maybe they're trying to figure this thing out. Maybe they want to do what you're doing right now now maybe they don't have the resources is there any advice you would give that individual or those individuals that are listening i would just say uh you know find your people you know i don't want to get all sappy here but uh, <laughs> like she cries she violence. cries during she honestly cries during every <laughs> single interview it's oh, that's, so awesome. that's awesome yeah just <laughs> find people i feel like you know maya and i work really well together but you know and also 
some really great people came out to support us uh, through our See It and Spark campaign. Right. So if you're looking at crowdfunding, definitely check check them out. Hell yeah. It's easy. But, you know, if you're if you're talking sincerely with your audience about what you want to do and how how excited you are about it, there's no need to be sheepish and asking for help because people want to support you. So it can be done on a shoestring budget. You just got to find your people first. Salute to that. How about you, Maya? I would say my advice, since Sarah gave like the production advice, I'll give the writer the advice. <laughs> <laughs> My advice would be just to, first of all, trust your voice, know that your voice is the only thing that makes you stand out in this industry because there's so many of us writers. So know your voice and your style and your genre and be true to it. Even if it does seem like it's what the industry is looking for, the industry doesn't know what it wants until it sees it. So, so true. stay true to that. And then also, like, it's okay to not love the process of writing. That doesn't make you any less of a writer. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay if it's, it's literally a head yeah as long as the finished product is why you do it then it's fine and just know that know that there's an audience for anything that you write like even if it feels very very specific to you and your experiences none of our experiences are completely unique (laughs) where nobody else can can understand what we've gone through you know there's a lot of people in this world for as long as it's you're being honest and authentic there's an audience for what you're trying to create oh that's excellent advice there Ladies, and I've got to do something here to you. My, oh, no. I hate to do this. I mean, I do this to all of my guests. And uh, oh, no. I get to do this to two guests tonight. This is going to be fantastic. So I uh, give you both a chance to kind of ponder over what it might be. I'm going to definitely say that it's, well, actually, I'm not going to give you any clues about what it is. I'm just going to ask if you're ready for it. Are you uh, ready for? We're gonna we're gonna start with you, Maya, since you, you wrote this thing. We're gonna start with you first. Okay. Right. Are you ready for this? Because I I do this all my I don't best. know. We'll find out. Do you want to do you want to opt out or do you want to go for it? No, no, no. I'm 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 in. I'm okay, in. So you dive right in, Sarah. Do you think she should dive in here? You think she should go? Yeah. For it? What the okay. heck? Why not? Okay. Well, you're gonna be next then. Good. Good. Huh? <laughs> all right then. <laughs> All that for this. Now this, <laughs> this is the part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Now, Maya, we're going to start with you here. You've got to share okay. a fun fact. There's something that people don't know about you. So folks listening to this have to learn something new about you here. They have to be surprised when they listen to this. I'm going to put the spotlight on you and the floor is yours. A fun fact. A fun fact. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Is there nothing fun about me? No, there is. Let me think. Okay. Oh my god. I just left the country for the first time. This oh. is not related to Ordai trying, but I just left the country for the first time in my entire life, and I'm 26 years old. No, it's so that's that. fun. Right? Yeah, I went to I went to Mexico, and it was great, and it has made traveling like one of my top three priorities in my life. So yeah, to hell yeah. I'll be. What part did you go? I went to Cancun. No, I didn't go to Cancun. Cabo? I went to Cabo. Yeah. yeah. Cabo. Oh my gosh, fun, fun time. It's amazing. Oh yes. yeah. Good, good. Okay, now, are you ready for this, Sarah? I'm ready. All right. 
fun facts there. So anything that people don't know about you. I love things in increments of five. <laughs> what? Interesting. You have to elaborate on that a, a bit well, like, there. Like the radio station or like the volumes on, uh, you know, I don't know. It has to be <laughs> like a five or, <laughs> five or a zero. Um, <laughs> it looks it looks incomplete otherwise. <laughs> oh, that's kind of trippy. So it has to be a five. What about money? Are you like do you count and like? You know, we'll, oh, I, you I'll like, like round up like the nearest like dollar or whatever if I'm like tipping or something. Interesting. Like, I, I want the receipt to be like an even number. You know, me too. Actually, it's kind of weird. I always try to yeah get an even number or just end in zeros for some reason. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> such a weirdo. Yeah. Fives. Why fives? Like what was that? Just random? When did that start? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like me and Sarah both have weird little OCD moments sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's two pretty interesting fun facts there, ladies. I appreciate you sharing that, huh? You made me think there for a second. <laughs> Very interesting. I appreciate you sharing those fun facts with our listeners. Now, I've got to say this to the folks that are listening out there. If you weren't able to listen to this live, the podcast version will be uploaded in a few days so make sure you uh, tune into the podcast version of this episode now i've got to ask you two before you leave here when you're not doing this film thing what do you both enjoy we'll start with uh, sarah on this one yeah and i feel like like the film industry is what i enjoy i i need to get more hobbies <laughs> interesting yeah you don't watch any shows love, you got what do yeah, you, any side Netflix. okay Netflix. Yeah, Anything I have a cat people. named Grandpa, oh my. so I like to hang out with him. He goes on walks and stuff. He's like a cool, cool kid. Nice. Yeah, but beyond like filmy things, I, I I'm scratching my brain. I, I love I love watching series. Yeah. Uh, Netflix and obviously film. Any shows that you are uh, glued to? I love love. I love oh, Judd yeah. Judd Apatow. He's like my producing like role model. I guess yeah. um, I love that. Everything that he touches has a very distinct tone to it, and it's always kind of quirky, but down to earth. So I like that. I just saw a ghost story the other night. and I'm curious about and, that. Oh, it's so good. Ooh, okay. It was so I'm going to add that to my list. Okay. It put like a very like childlike innocence to like the concept of death, and mm. I don't want to like ruin it because a lot of people hated it, but yeah. I really loved it. Okay. So go, go, go in with an open mind. Okay, yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to bias you one way or another okay. with it. But. How about you, Maya? Anything? Yeah, let, let me see. Me and Sarah are both grandmothers, so we come <laughs> home from work and we go home and we have wine and we watch nice. TV. Little red yeah, wine, so little. Uh... I'm a red wine. Oh, yes. I don't discriminate. Yeah. I like all wines, <laughs> yeah, wine all is colors. Oh, yeah. But Sarah, Sarah's inching her way into wine, so Good. she's starting with like white wine, which is like the gateway wine, and she's working her way up. <laughs> yeah, light, you know? light. Yeah, you need a little cab. Though. Yeah, you need a cab every once in a while. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah, man, exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I I watch a lot of TV. It's actually kind of not okay. I watch a lot. Like I know you probably have like a concept of how much TV you think I watch in your head when I say I watch a lot. Just like triple that. <laughs> Oh I'm my. literally <laughs> always watching television. It's not funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm right now. I'm still emotionally coming down from the Game of Thrones premiere. Yeah, I'm still not really over it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of very strong positive feelings about that show, and I watch every I watch everything honestly. Nice. And that's where the majority of my time goes is working and watching TV. And whenever people ask me what my who I am outside of work, I just stare blankly because. <laughs> I don't know what that means to somebody outside of work. Good stuff. (laughs) Basically living the dream. That's what it's all about right there. No doubt about that. Very cool. Very cool, ladies. It has certainly been a pleasure having you both on this podcast here today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. We'll have to bring you back in the future here for an update because it obviously sounds like you both have so much emotion. My goodness. (laughs) It's wonderful. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, thank you. thank you. Absolutely. Well, folks, I think we're going to tune out here. We'll probably say some uh, closing remarks here. But uh, I want to say a you know, special shout out to those that are listening to the live stream. And remember, the podcast version will be available here in a couple of days. But I think it's time to uh, fade out. What do you think? I think so. Good. All right, folks. I can get back to watching TV. (laughs) 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 And that is what it's all about right there. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that was Maya Hollis and Sarah Hawkins. Make sure you check out or die trying. Make sure you follow these two on their social media accounts. If you both want to plug your uh, Twitter accounts, feel free to. Yeah, mine, I, I got my my name as my handle, which apparently was very coveted because it didn't exist for a long time. And I finally got it. So whoever had at Maya Hollis, ha ha ha, it's mine. So that's my <laughs> my handle for everything is at Maya, M-Y-A-H, Hollis, like Hollister without the... Nice. <laughs> and mine is underscore Sarah underscore hawkins and sarah with an h and you can catch our show at odt underscore series odt underscore series on that note we will be back with more after this break and welcome back to the cinema after dark podcast here tonight before we wrap i want to thank our guests tonight miss maya hollis and sarah hawkins what a great great discussion that was make sure you check out or die trying you will certainly enjoy it i know i sure did and it was a pleasure having those two on this podcast here tonight also want to thank everyone out there that's been listening to the live feed i really appreciate that and those that happen to catch this on the replay there obviously a show does not exist without you listening so please continue to spread the word about this show and my gosh i think it's time to uh, sign out here With that said, dream big, be humble.